Welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and today we are jumping into the topic of Lunasa and Lamas. And no, they are not one in the same. But first, I'd like to start with some things I did over the weekend to help with my own personal practice. So I did a binge read on Jackson Crawford's book called The Poetic Edda. I loved it. like loved it. This came as a recommendation from Justin in my two-part series with him about Norse paganism. There honestly is so much more to dive into with it. I probably will read it again. I know I will read it again and again uh, just to help absorb everything. But it was a great place to start. Um, Also, my birthday was back on the 10th, and I have been spoiled the whole week (laughs) with flowers and gifts um, that were honestly so completely personalized, it really took me back. My older son gave me a necklace with the Yggdrasil tree on it, and my first set of rune cards so I can, you know, start to learn each of the images. Interesting, right? You know, timing-wise? To have a two-part series with Justin on the Norse and then get a pendant of Yggdrasil? And then some rune cards to start learning the images. Like, it was, I don't know, it was weird how everything just kind of melted together. Um, also, I was gifted an amazing birthday present from Annika. Um, she personally made a crow's wing for me. Got it with some pine cones. And honestly, I was really overwhelmed by it that she shared something so amazingly incredible that she, that she made. So I was moved. Everyone knows how important uh, Odin's ravens are to me, and to have so much energy around that shared with me was really touching. So I did post a picture on Instagram with everything, you know, kind of huddled together. But uh, either way, I felt very honored to be gifted such thoughtful gifts and had a great week of celebrations. So I did go to a local Renaissance fair uh, over the weekend and had lots of fun celebrating with everyone. While I was not (laughs) in a costume myself, I do know what I want to dress up um, next year with, so I do have a long time to figure it out, though. I was wearing the new necklace from Taylor and was able to get a henna tattoo of the actual Yggdrasil image on my left hand. So the artist did a freehand drawing of it while looking at the necklace, so it was it was pretty cool. There was also um, a Valkyrie area that I honestly could have stayed at for hours, way longer than the actual event went on for. Um, but it was fascinating to hear what they had to say about the birds of prey and the history and see the actual birds up close and personal. There was um, sword fighting, there was music, shopping, and overall, such a wonderful sense of celebration. Of course, in the baking heat, everyone was fighting for shade space. Um, I honestly don't know how many of the people there that were in like full costume went about their day. I had one layer of clothing on and I was baking hot, so I have no idea, no idea how they all survived. Uh, nonetheless, the day was, um, the day and event was so much fun. So Sunday was a dark moon, and it was a home day for me. I really took time to be thankful with the previous week. I spent a lot of time with my animals. I watched a movie, and I tended to my home. I did go back to my crow tarot deck to do a single card pull for the coming weeks. Um, I wanted some you know, new direction with the new moon this week. And I pulled the Seven of Pentacles, which says... The crow rests after embarking on the difficult task of gathering a treasure trove of bright, reflective coins that will adorn her nest 
and make a protective space for her fledglings. The Seven of Pentacles asks that you think about the long term when investing your time and energy. Although short-term gains may be had, in the end, they will not last. Only through hard work and planning will you discover lasting benefits from your work. Could not agree more, so I was very happy with that card pull, and I have the beautiful card sitting on my vanity mirror to remind me of the message each morning. I did take a picture and posted it on Instagram if you happen to be following me there. So the moon, you know, it's been dark at night, right? Like even if we didn't have amazing apps telling us where exactly the moon was in the cycle, I think we would all know it is a new moon. Our nights are really, really dark right now. We'll have our new moon through Wednesday when this airs, and then it will start you know, transitioning to the waxing crescent phase towards the weekend. All right, I do have a quick ad, and then we are going to go right into today's podcast about Lunasa. All right, Lunasa and Lamas. We sometimes hear these two used um, somewhat interchangeably, but they are a little different. And really the main difference comes down to religion. <laughs> Lunasa is a pagan holiday and celebration tied to the Celtic god, god Lu, and Lamas is a Christian holiday. So while both are celebrated on August 1st, they each have a little bit different meanings with the festivities. For today's podcast, I'll be focusing on Lunasa, but we'll quickly start with the basic understanding of Lamas so we have it for reference. Lamas is a Christian holiday that celebrates the first harvest of summer, which happens to be a wheat harvest. This is also called a loaf mass day, and Christians will bring a loaf of bread to their mass on Lamas to give thanks. So, you know, much like Yule and Christmas are used at the same time of year, um, Easter and Ostara, Samhain and Halloween, so on and so on. Lamas and Lunasa are just the same. <laughs> when Christianity swept over Europe, many pagan rites and celebrations were prohibited. So while Lunasa was outlawed, it was renamed by the Christians to Lamas as a new celebration. All right, what are the basics with Lunasa? With the wheel of the year, Lunasa starts off harvest season. And believe me, I totally and completely understand if it does not feel like harvest season, you know, and that summer is winding down. It's hot. It's really, really hot. So celebrating something in the midst of the baking hot heat may seem odd. But wheat is one of the first crops to get harvested. So it is the perfect celebration to, you know, kind of launch the harvest season. Lunasa means the marriage of Lu and also maybe the shining one. So Lu is a Celtic god of the sun, and he's also a poet. He powers over light, over war and craftsmanship, and his animals are the raven, the lion, and the horse. There happen to be a bunch of cities in Europe that are named after Lu. Now, in one of the stories about Lu, he must pick between his father's tribe and his mother's tribe. His mother's side and people are the Fomorians, and his father's side and people are the Tuatha de Danon. If I said that right, hopefully I did. So the two sides battle, and Lu must choose. 
It is said that he chooses his father's side and that it is the beginning of patriarchy in Ireland. All right, colors for Lunasa. Think of the sun and wheat. We're going to want our yellow, orange, white, copper, uh, green for the plants, and brown for the earth. Flowers, um, calendula, sunflowers, clover blossom, rose, and poppies would be great. Crystals and stones, um, citrine right at the top, um, golden topaz, obsidian, moss agate, carnelian, uh, clear quartz, adventuring, and peridot. Um, and I think tiger's eye would be good here too. So herbs, we've got mint, sage, basil, sandalwood, frankincense, vervain, and yarrow. Animals, of course we mentioned the crows, but also ravens, pigs, roosters, cows, and sheep. For spirit animals, um, Lunasa is all about phoenix, centaur, and griffin. All right, what about Lunasa and our practice? What can we do? So I've actually pulled nine things specifically relating to Lunasa in the beginning of harvest season. And again, I know if you are like me, you think about harvest in the fall when, you know, the air gets a little bit more crisp and cool and the season is changing. But Hold tight, it's coming, I promise. <laughs> Lunasa starts setting the tone and starts off the harvest season with the first things in abundance. So number one, first and foremost, now is the time to make a besom. Being a kitchen witch myself, you probably thought I would lead off with baking bread, but I really do think that the wheat that is harvested right now is the perfect time to create your own besom or witch's broom. So a broom as a household tool is something you'll find, I think, in just about every home, right? Witch or no witch. But for our practice, a broom holds or can hold many different meanings and forms. But either way, it is looked at as a tool of our craft. And certainly with the many different cultures over time, history has stories and stories and stories about a witch's broom. So in Germany, it was thought that a broom could sweep out bad luck that had fallen upon a household. Each member of the home would need to have you know, their own broom. They would all start in the middle of the home and sweep out um, and outward the negativity and bad luck through the front and back doors. Um, in China, a broom is only used for the chore of sweeping since it is tied to their house spirits. Africa, it is said that the man of the home needs to leave while the sweeping is done because if the broom touches them, they will become powerless. There are more, um, but let's get into the craft of making our own besom. So how do we do this? Well, I think making your own witch's broom is going to be extremely unique to you with the energy and space you create for it, but the supplies are going to be pretty much the same for all of us. You're going to need a branch or stick. You're going to need wheat or other plant material that may you know, better suit your own personal besom. You'll need twine, some type of glue or scissors, and then accessories if you want to embellish it. You know, you could do charms, pendants, ribbons, things like that. So for your supplies, you know, anything you can get, of course, that has fallen in nature is going to bring in amazing energy to your besom. But I understand that not everyone has access to, you know, a forest walk or stroll through the outdoors to gather items. But if you can, you know, even if it's a fallen tree branch that is somewhat straight for your broom handle, Try and get things organically. And don't forget, your broom does not need to be five feet tall. It could be a small besom and a handheld broom. So either way, gather all gather. <laughs> so either way, gather all of the materials that you need and lay them out. 
The next part is going to be your personalization, you know, making this your own personal besom. So create the environment and surrounding that you need to give your besom power. Light candles or incense, maybe play music, you know, share energy while making it and certainly give it the intentions you want while putting each piece together. Once completed, I would also say something, you know, something about your besom now having power. So now that we have our own personal besom, what can we use it for? There are a handful of traditional things, you know, these would, uh, would be like um, standing upright by uh, the front door for luck and protection. Uh, of course, they can be used for cleaning and cleansing, always sweeping away from ourselves. Many will use their besom for casting a circle, you know, cleansing the space of any negative energy. Brooms can be used for protection by placing them under our beds. Um, you can stop gossip with a broom and so on and so on. There is a bunch of reading out there about the multiple uses of a witch's broom. If you want to be very traditional about your besom, you'll want birch twigs for the broom, um, oak or ash tree branches for uh, the handle, and then willow strands, you know, to kind of bind it all. So the second thing I pulled, okay, it's baking bread. <laughs> so this is a biggie and it ties directly into the harvest celebration and the grains that are now in abundance. So when I first started baking bread, I honestly thought it was going to be much easier than it was. It's bread, right? But there is actually an art to it. So I was fortunate enough to grow up with freshly baked bread always available in my home. My mom did a pretty, you know, basic white loaf, almost like a sandwich bread. But oh my goodness, I have the best memories of her taking the aromatic loaf out of the oven and having to wait just a bit to get the end of the loaf cut off and a slab of butter spread over it as my afternoon snack. That warm, you know, just out of the oven end slice with butter was so very comforting. I do enjoy baking bread myself. I like knowing, you know, the ingredients are fresh and, you know, handpicked by me and of course enjoy the very good smells that saturate my home when I bake it. So find your recipe. It took me a bit to, you know, hone into one that I really not only enjoyed making but enjoyed eating too. Um, and, you know, with kitchen witchery, it's all about adding intentions when we bake and cook. So Creating a Lunasa loaf of bread is no different. Three, I have um, cook with berries, you know, honey and grains. You know, it's not just about bread, although baking bread for Lunasa is right at the top. It's berry season, among other things. And if you're not sure what August 1st has in abundance in your specific area, head to your local farmer's market if you have one. Here, you're going to see exactly what is being harvested and available to you. Kudos if you have the space, you know, and talent for your own garden. How amazing is it to harvest seeds and plantings that you have grown yourself? But either way, we can celebrate our local farmers and yourself, if you have your own garden, with Lunasa. So number four, I have work with crystals and stones for Lunasa. I mentioned a handful of crystals, but really citrine is great for this time of year to be thankful and celebrate what we have in abundance. Green adventuring is good, again, for being, you know, thankful. Peridot is about growth and confidence, you know, just like strength of the sun and the power it has, it is a great crystal to use now in our workings. Number five, I've got gather August flowers. I love flowers. If I could have fresh you know, seasonal flowers on my office desk and throughout my personal home every day, I would. Honestly, they make me happy. Flowers truly bring me joy. August will have some beautiful flowers available to us. 
we can add them in vases. We can make crowns with them. I saw a lot of that at the festival this weekend. Um, we can decorate with them and certainly dry them to use later. Number six, I've got make a corn husk doll. Um, I think it also be called a grandmother. But a corn husk dolly can be easily created even if you yourself are not creative or crafty. It really is just straw and thread. So what makes it very special is the intentions you put into the dolly as you are making and braiding it. So this would be a great addition to your altar area um, celebrating August 1st. Number seven, I've got the sun. So just celebrating the sun. You know, we are celebrating the sun right now. And if you are not crafty or do not have the desire to have a hot oven heating up your already warm home on August 1st, you can celebrate the sun and Mother Earth just by being outside. You know, meditate outside as the sun rises. Capture the energy of the sun growing strong. Take a nature walk. Take a, take a regular walk. You just walk around the block. Be outside. Soak up the sun's rays and you know, celebrate the beginning of harvest season. If you are more of an evening person, meditate or just be outside as the sun sets and be grateful of the strong rays it provided all summer long and continues to provide. Number eight, I have decorate altars and our home. Now, is it time for fall decorations? No. As much as I'm pretty sure we're all getting anxious to pull out the fall and Samhain boxes, hold tight. Not yet. <laughs> Stay with the natural cycles of Mother Earth if you can. Celebrate each of her seasons by decorating your home and altar areas. Grab flowers, wheat strands, grasses, and grains. Decorate in the colors yellow, orange, white, copper, uh, green, and brown. Add bunches of berries, you know, either whole or dried. Um, grab seeds, and, you know, all of those other items uh, that are in full abundance right now. Try to hold off. I know it's tempting, but try. All right, lastly, and number nine, I've got cast spells. So this time of year on our calendar really is the final rush and hurrah with the sun. It's all about abundance and gratitude. So creating and casting spells of abundance and um, thanks and appreciation really are a perfect way to tie into Lunasa. Now, if you are one that likes to plan ahead, <laughs> like I do, with what spells you want to do and work on for Lunasa, we have a couple of weeks to get ready. If you're going to be doing anything, especially on Tuesday, August 1st, and this is 2023 we're talking about, let's take a peek and have a look at what is coming available. All right, take a deep breath on this one because there is a lot going on specifically just on Tuesday, August 1st. Okay, first, Tuesday is a fire element day, right? It's all about battles and tapping into our warrior side of things. It is Tears Day. Tears is a Norse god of war, of justice and law. It is Mars's day. This is a planet that is all about action and execution. It's about getting things done. <laughs> the 1st of August is also going to be a full moon. And not just a full moon, but a super full moon. I know, things are adding up, right? So this full moon is called the super sturgeon moon, and it's the second full moon of the summer, and also the second of four super moons that we are going to have in 2023. And guess what? <laughs> we have two super full moons in the month of August. Ah! Okay, honestly, another one comes. Um, the next one's gonna be a blue moon. Um, but it, it comes right at the end of uh, August on the 30th. 
So I'll be diving deeper into the sturgeon moon in next week's episode, but full moons bring the energy of, you know, peak time of manifestation. It's an intense time of abundance. So what can we do for spell casting on Tuesday, the 1st of August? That is with Lunasa, right? It's a fire day. It's tears day. It's Mars's day. And we will shine a beautiful, super sturgeon full moon. I don't even know. Like I'm already tired just saying all those things and all those elements together. Uh, just kidding. Okay, but really there is a lot of big energy that can be worked on um, on Tuesday the 1st. So what you want to do and how much energy you want to work with, it's up to you. You know, the beauty of our practice is how individual and unique it is. The fact that Lunasa, it's all about abundance and the power of the sun and celebrating our harvest season beginning, you know, happens to fall on a day of the week that is also about power, achievement, uh, initiation, courage, passion, confidence, and protection that also has the same colors as Lunasa, red, orange, yellow, also is the same element, fire, and a full moon. Have at it. Go for it. Honestly, make Tuesday a witchy day and just go for it. Well, I love to pull the topic of each podcast or as much as I can into things we can do um, for it and with it in the office and our corporate world. So tying Lunasa and the office together can really be done in some simple steps. Personally, I'll be baking bread for my office and bringing that in to share with everyone. Uh, This is something I do often to tie, maybe not bread, but baking in general, but I do often to tie my practice into my work and, you know, balance the two together. I know for sure I'll be wearing colors of the day and I'll be decorating a little bit, you know, in hit and miss places throughout my office with Lunasa type images. I'm going to be grabbing flowers maybe a little bit of straw, wheat, uh, wheat strands, etc. So each of us have unique working environments, so be respectful of what you can and can't do at your place of work and you know do as much as you personally can to celebrate it throughout the day. So I know this is kind of a quick episode, giving you guys a nice solid break since I've gone way over 30 minutes <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Um, but I did find a great poem. Actually, it's called A Beesome Chant from Sacred Wicca that I'm going to be using when I create my own witch's broom. So I'm going to share that with you today. I'll go grab it and I'll be right back. Okay, so again, this is called a Beesome Chant and it's taken directly from the Sacred Wicca website and it goes... Beesome, beesome, ladies' broom, sweep out darkness, sweep out doom. Rid ye ladies' hollowed ground of demon imps and hell's red hound. Then set ye down on her green earth by running stream or mistress hearth till called once more on Sabbath night to cleanse once more the dancing sight. I really like that, and it's a perfect way to wrap up today's episode. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for joining me. Next week's podcast is all about mirror magic. and I have a bunch of good stuff pulled for that episode. Till then, I hope you have a great rest of your week and weekend, and I'll talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. 
If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.